that last song powerful or what? Yes. Hmm? Come on now. Um, you know, as a Christian, that's really our mantra right there. It really is. We believe in who? Who? Now listen, li- listen, listen. We've got to get something straight. Pastor Tiffany already gave us instruction that I'm not the only one. I'm doing the delivery, but you're doing the expectation of working together. So come on now. We believe in who? God the Father. And we believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. i got to work it through my head. And, uh, and we believe in who? The Holy Spirit. Come on now. Awesome. Yeah, we're in a series here learning about the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, I, I love the fact in this service that we've left it open. Um, usually we try to keep things to about four weeks long for you because that's kind of sometimes the attention span of all of us to just stay connected in. But uh, you can't exhaust this personhood of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I think it's probably the most important one so far of this year for us to grab hold of and just get to know him a little bit more. And uh, Pastor Tiffany's been doing such a phenomenal job. I actually told uh, first service, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous today. <laughs> I kind of got the shaky things going on inside because uh, this is her series in the sense of she began to talk to us about some things a long time ago uh, back in the new year or at, at the end of one and coming into the new about the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, she and we just say, okay, this is yours. Go for it. And um, so I kind of think I'm stepping on holy ground a little bit. Um, but uh, really, she's really introduced some great things to us. But here, let me remind us that we launched out into this year uh, really on a purpose together corporately. Uh, we do every year. We believe God kind of li- gives us a, a direct purpose. And that purpose this year is to discover that there is more for all of our lives. And you may have got one of these already. Uh, from maybe a, a guest services or from the information center. I think there's still some more out there. And uh, on the back of it is our scripture that gives us that foundation piece to discover there is more for all of us. And I want you to just practice with me. Say, there is more. And uh, before we go any further, we said that where this really begins has to begin by getting into our mouth and uh, opening up your heart to begin to receive this. Because at the end of the year, and there's not there is more in God's what he's got for you showing up, it's not going to be his fault. It it won't because, uh, you know, the Bible says you have what? Okay, I think I need to work this out a little bit differently. The Bible says you have what you say, not what God says. As long as you're lining up and saying what God says. And one way to interpret that, according to Hebrews, is saying the same thing God says about you. And so I want more at the end of the year, not just more things and more material. That's not what we're focused on. I want more of God. I want to know more about my future. And so here I'm just going to ask you to just get involved with me a little bit this service. Let's just practice that a little bit. Say, as of right now, I'm going to step into God's grace, which is his ability. Now, hold on. I'm, you're going to say a lot, so it's not just going to be three or four words and then you're done, okay? Because people unhook, you can hear it. They get to three or four and they're like waiting for more. Now, we're going to say a lot right now. As of right now, I'm stepping into the grace of God, which is His ability, His power, His strength, His ability to hear. So I open up my heart, my mind to be transformed, to think like God. Act like God. Oh, wouldn't that be a good one? Talk like God. In Jesus' name. So now we're ready. 
Now our hearts are open and we'll begin to get some truths today, I think, from the Holy Spirit. But here's what we did. We launched into this year to discover that there is more. And we simply said that there, there's an opportunity for us for a, a divine endowment or an anointing, what would be the, uh, the, the scriptural word to use, the anointing, to do the things we've not been able to do. Maybe that's the break in addiction that you've been struggling with for years and 2020 is the year that you break that thing off of you. Maybe it's to perform at the top of your ability in the job that you're working in right now, doing things that you've not been able to do to perform. Maybe it's a physical healing in your body that shows up that you've been believing God for years or weeks or months, whatever it is, but all of a sudden, man, the healing power of God shows up in my life. More wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding, spiritual revelation from the things of God. And we said that that's simply going to begin to happen, not just by what we say, but by the help of the Holy Spirit. And the reason I said that is because if you go into our text scripture that we just talked about, and you go to the latter part of it, at the end of it, it's what we've said the past two or three weeks together, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And I want us to say that together again. Remember, we're going to be doing some talking together today. And here, let's put that scripture up on the, on the screen, Chase. And just so that I'm reading the same thing you are, I've got a couple different translations. Let's read this one together. Ready? Read. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful, so honored to just be sitting underneath of your word. So we do open up our hearts to hear it. And when we walk out today, we'll be changed by the power of that word making difference in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to me. Pastor Tiffany, she launched into this thing a couple weeks ago, and she really began to introduce us to the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a person, we found out. He's the third person of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And as we begin to find out that he's that part of the Trinity, she also reminded us of this, that we have to understand our own makeup as well, who we are. That we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Spirit's what's alive unto God. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's what you make your uh, decisions in. And hopefully we're connecting heart to that so that we're making heart decisions and not just head decisions. And the Bible says that you, are, you have a body. It's what the Spirit of God and you live in. That's this thing here that you deal with every single day. Another thing she said that the Holy Spirit has characteristics about himself. And she introduced this to us the first week. That he's your comforter. He's your helper. He's your encourager. He's a strengthener. Uh, one word is defined as he's your standby. And then week two, we came in and we, uh, you were introduced to some great people that shared from their own life experiences of how the Holy Spirit has been helping them through life and making decisions and, and getting them to where they are in life. And then Pastor Tiffany, man, she came to us last week and she really shared with us really a, a number one focal point of the Holy Spirit role that he has in our life is to actually to be our guide. There's no one on this earth that has your future better at hand or known than him, the Holy Spirit. And God's very interested in where you're going in the future. He's very interested in that you have an intricate understanding of every little piece that's unlocked for you. We just got to get into a place where we can hear and receive that. John chapter 16, verse 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. But he'll tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about 
the future. Everybody say future. Now, a quote from Pastor Tiffany, I don't know if you caught this last week or not, but I thought it was really powerful. So sometimes our own understanding can sound like good advice. But if it goes against the Holy Spirit, it's not good advice. So actually, why don't you just kind of point at somebody and say, you don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Some wife just told her husband, you don't know it all. <laughs> that's great. Or vice versa. Here, three things she said along this line, again, just to kind of set us up to where we're going. You have to trust the spirit of truth of the living God. And that's why we're teaching this series, is so we can learn how to do that. Uh, she said this, don't depend on yourself, of course, but let the Holy Spirit guide you into your future. Everybody say future. future. And that's the thought I want to capitalize on today, is your future. I want to show us some things in the scripture. We're going to read quite a few scriptures here. And we've kind of got our expectation up that there is more for us. But I want you to see in 1 Corinthians, go there with me to chapter 2, in verse 9 through 10. They're up on the screen for you if you don't have a, a device with you or a Bible with you. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Everybody say, there is more. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now we're going to continue on in this chapter, in chapter 2, but let me just kind of set you up for what's being shared here through Paul to the church of Corinth, Corinth the Corinthian church. As you begin to hear these words, I want you to realize that where we are in time, Jesus has already died and gone on home to be with the Father. And remember, Paul and the disciples all walked with Jesus on this earth, remember? And so when you see, then we moved into the book of Acts, and we found out in the book of Acts that this is where the Holy Spirit came, and that's where he was introduced. And now Paul was sharing with the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was a crazy bunch of people. They were spiritual, they were flaky, they were weird, and then not only that, they also were sinful in their nature of how they acted sometimes. But they were a great church, <laughs> just like you and I. <laughs> Believe it or not, they were a great church, a big church. And Paul comes in to try to instruct them a little bit because before he can begin to deal with some of the uh, outward signs of maybe some things that aren't necessarily profitable in their life, he begins to deal with them through how this is going to happen first. It's going to begin to know who the person of the Holy Spirit is in your life first. Because if we're not careful, we're going to try to do all this alone. We're going to try to do all this on our own. And we already found out, we admitted a few minutes ago, you don't know everything. But everybody say, future. So here we go. Let's jump into this real quick. Verses 10 through 16. It says, but you've seen and heard it because God, his spirit, has brought it all out into the open before you. And the spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Now listen to verse 11. Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning except yourself. And I just want to point that out. Guess what? You know you better than anybody. Who knows you better? You know what you think. You know what you desire. You know who you don't like. You know who you hate. You know, you know who you want to talk to tomorrow. You know that if, whether you even want to be in this service. Listen, you know you better than anybody. And that's very important because nobody's going to determine who you are but you. 
And why is that so important? Because now we're going to delve into a little bit deeper. And Paul says, look, you know you, but I want to show you somebody that's bigger than you, that knows you better than you do, and is reveal, willing to reveal all of himself to you, and just might be able to give him a chance to step into your life, because your future's in better hands with him. Here's what he says. This same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he's giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. Remember, they were experienced this with Jesus. They experienced, Paul in Acts is where we see Paul show up. He experienced the move and the power of the Holy Spirit and got to know that move of him better than anybody. And then he wrote the majority of the New Testament. And here's what Paul's saying. He's, look, let me just tell you. Look what he says. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn it by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God, who taught us person to person through Jesus. Now, that's important. And we're passing it on to you in the same firsthand personal way. Now, listen, verse 14 through 16. This unspiritual self... Just as it is by nature, everybody say, he's talking about you now. <laughs> now. That's a better word, Pastor Timmy. He's talking about me now. Come on, he's talking about me now. This unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's Spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit. Say it with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's Spirit is doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Now he reminds them of a question. Isaiah, you know the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah's question. Is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit? Anyone who knows what he's doing? Now has been answered. Christ knows, and we have Christ's Spirit. The Holy Spirit is constantly trying, uh, we'll learn a new word to help us with that here in a few minutes, to get you to a place where you will trust your whole life into the hands of God that knows your future. And the reason I say that is because i got to ask you this question. This is going to be the main question I want to answer for you today. Where does this begin? Where does it begin with the Holy Spirit working in my life to lead me to what we just found out, a little bit of understanding of how God's got an important step in future for you? Where does that begin? Now, as the church, as a Christian church, uh, if you can just kind of picture a fence, we spend a lot of time, and actually the majority of this series will be on this side. We spend the majority of the time teaching on this side of the fence that as a believer and as a Christian, how the Holy Spirit will come alongside and help you. But if we're not careful, we'll make you think that it only happens here. But I got to encourage you with something real quickly. Before we delve into maybe some of the meat, the Holy Spirit has been here since the beginning of time. You go read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you'll find out that the Spirit of God was hovering on this earth. Before anything existed in the earth and on the earth, the Spirit of God existed. So I think he knows a few things about what's going on and you. But if we're not careful, there's this fence that's in the way. And, but I want to ask the question, where did it begin with him working in my life? I want to tell you that it actually began before you were saved. 
born again as a Christian. Now, you might not be on either side of this fence right now. You might be trying to figure out, okay, God's kind of new to me. I'm, I'm here for the first time. And Come on, give it up for the first time, people here. <coughs> as a visitor, we're glad you're here. But as a trying to figure out where you are in life, maybe this has never happened in your life where you've come to this place where Jesus has really become Lord. I want to teach you and show you that there's somebody working on your life during this time. I want you to see that your life actually, in the personhood of the Holy Spirit, He began working on, on you as a believer or not a believer way before you ever think He started. Now here, listen to me. If you're, has anybody ever walked a fence before? I mean, one of those that you're up high and you're kind of wavering either way. I didn't say this for a service, but I want to remind you that's a scary place to be. When you're just kind of walking the fence of either this or that, and you can fall either way, how many have ever lost your balance on a fence before? I want you to see that the Holy Spirit is on both sides of that fence. That if you fall off of this side, what we'll kind of define as maybe the wrong side of the fence, He's still going to be there to catch you. And if you for sure fall off on this side, He's always going to be there to catch you. Where does He begin in my life? Before you ever saved, before you ever knew that he maybe even existed. Let's talk about it. John chapter, <coughs> excuse me, so sorry. <coughs> John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. Let's look at this a little bit today. The convicting power of God actually is where this began. You're going to see in Scripture, Jesus here introduces to us a word of convicting. And if we're not careful, we've used this word from a prosecution, my, prosecuting mindset. It's like God's up there writing to beat something over my head, and if I miss it, if I don't get this right, then I'm in trouble forever. But listen to what happens here in the Scripture. Jesus says, and when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then he defines it a little bit further. He said, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now I had to write this quote down for myself because it was my thoughts and I just want you to hear because I, I'm pretty convinced that the majority of interpretation of the scripture sounds a little bit like this to some people through religion. Many people interpret this to mean the Holy Spirit's basic message is you're a horrible person, God's mad at you, and he's going to get you. Let's just play with it. Point at somebody, he's going to get you. No. We've got to look into this, because that's not the nature of what Jesus is saying. The last time I checked, if you go to Revelations, Revelations, I wrote the reference, twelve ten. the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, not the Holy Spirit, not Jesus, not Father. And so why would the Holy Spirit try to condemn you to lead you to something that's good for you? It's not even in the nature of who he is. Jesus says here, look, he's going to come convict the world, and the, King James uses the word reprove. But both reprove and convict within the same word, but when you think of that, he says, I'm going to convict the world, that would be the unsaved, no Jesus in their life, don't know if they need Jesus in their life, this is this side of the fence. And he says he's going to convict them of three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. And he says, but I want you to see, what in this word convict, what does it mean? You see, if we're not careful, we'll just kind of skip on top of it and go past it and interpret it through religion. I don't want you to do that. I want you to interpret it through Bible definition. 
The word convict, number one, if you're numbering, you can do that. Number one, it says he comes to expose. But contrary to proper belief, the Holy Spirit, who is a gentleman, is not coming to expose who you are in your heart to the outside world, to reveal it to the world. No, this is an internal work of heart. I want to expose into you that there's something that's separating you from something that might be called your future, and it just might be a really good future for you. I'm going to work in here. Before you get to here. The definition of this word means to overwhelm in, in argument. And uh, what that means is some of us are pretty tough in our argument. We're, he's working constantly, trying to come to this place to get you to where you'll just open up your heart, for lack of a better explanation. Open up your mind, for lack of a better explanation. Not mind control, but just say, hey, think a little bit differently than maybe you think. And this argue goes on and on. But it's not out here where people think. It's internally in here. Now, the third definition of this word convict, which is really the most powerful definition to it, and I think it will help us get a better understanding of what's happening in this role of the Holy Spirit before you ever knew he was there, is defined in the word convince. So in other words, the Holy Spirit begins to deal with your heart as an unbeliever, and I wrote this down, gently and constantly to convince you that there's a future in store for you that only God can satisfy how do I know that? Because if you look at Ecclesiastes 3, chapter 3, verse 7, or 11, the Bible says that eternity is built in the heart of man. In other words, not built, he placed eternity in your heart, and that eternity is that, that I, I'm not just this narrow-minded individual. There's something out there for me, and I want to know what it is, but man's trying to define it and fill it with everything but the thing that's going to fulfill it. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's trying to lead you to this place internally in your heart, ever so gently, ever so softly, ever so constantly. If you ever wanted to really, <laughs> this is funny, if you ever want to be introduced to the real nag, it would be the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's going to nag you until. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe you don't have a wife that nags you or something, I don't know. <coughs> she don't nag me. But here's the, here's the reason. Here's the heart behind that. I Forgive me, that was not good. She doesn't nag me. <laughs> Got to be good when I get home. I'm just digging deeper, huh? Now here's why. We're answering the question, where did this begin, this pull, this, this role of convicting begin in my life? And we've put it on the wrong side. Don't get me wrong, it's not the wrong side. We're going to spend the majority of that. But it didn't begin here. It began before you ever knew that that was even there. And why is that so powerful? Because here's, you have to understand something about Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who He is. It's His assignment. It's His role. If you got the time and you go home, you read John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, you'll find yourself, you'll find what the Holy Spirit is for you, but look bigger, look deeper than that, and realize that Jesus is giving the assignment of the third person of the Godhead through that whole chapter. He's assigned to produce the will of the Father in the life of the unbeliever and the believer. That's why he nags at you. That's why he's trying to convince you that just because you made that crazy mistake last night, yesterday, years ago, he's not going to let you go. He's going to be he's going to be on this side of the fence. He's going to be on that side of the fence. It's his role. He can't walk away from it. 
I'm just my story. Give me a little bit of time. I don't know what time it is. My story began with Jesus in my early, early 20s. I was raised in church, guys. I had the genes of church. My my grandmother, my Methodist grandmother, don't talk to me about denominations, I got them all. (laughs) My Methodist grandmother, for years, was the oldest person in Mount Olivet Methodist Church. She had a saved seat because she was the oldest person. (laughs) Never missed church. My granddaddy, never missed church, wore the same white shoes every single week. That goes way back. (laughs) With the buckle on. My mom, she's the tongue-talker, spirit-filled, scare-you person in church. My nene, she loves Pat Robertson, the 700 Club. That was her church every single day. Whoa. If you looked at my history and you went back, you'd find out that I was built for church and never knew it. Until the moment of time When the convicting, convincing role of the Holy Spirit came up against me in a moment in my life where I knew that I was a sinner. And I didn't feel guilty because I was a sinner. I just knew there was something that only something else was going to feel and nothing else was going to be doing that. When you got a gun at somebody's face... I questioned, somebody asked me this the other day, that's why it became so real to me. When you've got a gun at somebody's face and your whole life can change in one moment's time, the gun wasn't loaded, but what if it was? The Holy Spirit at that moment in 24 hours, there was a, not a conviction, a convincing that I needed him. And I needed the Jesus that would make the change in my life. When Jesus says, I'm coming to convict the world of sin, I'm not coming to convict you of sin in a sense of you're a bad person. I just want you to see the good person that will save you from the bad person behind the bad person, which is the enemy. And he says next verse, verse 10, I'm coming to convince you of righteousness. Now, why is this so powerful? Because religion has turned this, I'm going to come convince you of right behavior, right living. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. That's not what he's saying at all. I'm not coming to tell you you've got to get right living and right behavior before you accept me into your life. I'm coming to let you know that right standing has already been done in your life. Once you received it, come on, let's jump on the board, on the boat together. Let's go ride this train together. Let's get off of this waffling fence. Let's get from this side and be right standing with God because the moment you bring Jesus into your life the father's arms are wide open and they never stop they never turn away from you they're always wrapping around you to accept you in the kingdom of God that's what Jesus is saying (laughs) now you might find out that as this relationship begins and we'll talk more about this work of the Holy Spirit later that yes moral standard will change or could change it's leading you to a moral standard of change because it's better for you (laughs) I gotta say this because most people before and after salvation feel like they are unworthy and unqualified for the love of God and that's not what Jesus is saying 
Verse 11. I'm going to convince you that sin was defeated in your life. I'm not going to reveal your sin to the world. I'm going to talk about the world that's in you that may need to come out, but it will be done through the understanding that a loving Father loves you so much and understands the enveloping of how big that, this is love in its biggest form. Verse 11. Convince the world of judgment because the ruler of this world Satan, that is the accuser of the brethren, has been defeated 2,000 years ago. If there's any enemy in your life, it would be him. The core of belief for the kingdom of God started in your life with the Holy Spirit's role of assignment before you ever knew who he was. That's why the future of this is so big. That's why there is more for your life. Now, I've got to tell you something. Once I found out this, I've been studying this for a while to get a better understanding. It took me a while to get through some of the religion that I had. This is not a no-fault religion. There are things that we do at our own cause. This is not a live any old way you want religion. There is a grace that enables you to live in the power of the Spirit. And you've got a helper to come alongside you. And if there's any greater thing that I've learned through the process of that, it's not a process of condemnation. It's a process of transformation. And the Holy Spirit, the moment I kind of, well, I was all over on this side for a long time. And, and uh, no, no question, no, no, didn't need anything. I was raised in church. Knew I could quote scripture to you because it pounded in me. Songs, grew up with songs. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I knew the stuff, but I didn't have the core commitment. But when I came to this fence of decision in that one moment of my life I knew there was something bigger and greater than me trying to convince me as long as you're over here I'm going to keep walking with you here and as long as you get over here guess what it's not going to stop I'm still going to come alongside that's when he became my comforter that's when he became my standby that's when he became my advocate that's when he became my encourager that's when he became the final word for me is the convincing helper this is when Romans chapter 1 verse 17 became real. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, We live from faith to faith. First step of faith. Oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> but now I live from faith to faith to faith. And who's helping me do that? The one that was there before it ever started. The role of the Holy Spirit started convincing me way back here before I ever knew it. That's why you have a future in God. Close your eyes and sing this song with me this morning.